<laughs> I'm recording <laughs> you. Anything you say, Canada will be used against you. Aida is the best music of all time. Well, really? I was 17 when I saw it, and I was bored out of my mind. Of and, all time. And how old That's is that? rich. Oh, you're how, talking And how like, old does that make you now? Woo. Welcome back to the Blood, Sweat, and Silver podcast, where we're discussing The Afterliving, book one of his Blood and Silver series, a book that I wrote. My name is Fernando Rivera. I am the author, and this is my co-host, Matt Ms. Steele. Oh, you oh jumped, I jumped! You jumped me this time. time. Okay, fun. So uh, this is the religion segment of uh, the podcast, where we're discussing all the religious elements in the afterliving, and we have two guests who, who could not be more perfect for this. Little disclaimer: everybody on this episode, except for me, is named Matt or Matthew or a variation thereof. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's just named Matt. I don't think a parent. I mean, Whatever I'm sure there are that. parents nowadays who would like would do that. Yeah. So to my left, I have Mr. Matthew Bridges. Uh, Matthew Bridges hey. has... Hello. Hi. Hi. He, of course, has a, a very extensive film background. He has a BA in cinematography and theater arts from San Francisco State University, which, of course, he brought to Los Angeles, and he has produced uh, a couple of short films in the past. He has a lot of short films slated to produce later. We actually produced a project uh, last year that we did. Mr. Matt Steele was not a part of. I'm literally um, like the number three in the trio of this trio. Stop. And for no, weeks they had been planning this. And I was just like, oh. And, and they were just like, Steele, are you coming up to San Jose or we whatever? All, yeah, we all thought there? that we had texted each <laughs> yeah. other. But yeah. apparently apparently, Matt Steele cannot read my mind. And that boggles me. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, but no, uh, uh, Matthew Bridges has been in TV shows like uh, Bob Hart's Abishola, uh, American Horror Story Apocalypse. That was the? Uh, I was in Cult. I was in season In Cult. In Cult. Right. I was on the show. And How to Get Away with Murder, <laughs> Speechless. Um, he also has an upcoming project uh, called Seasons of Love. Which season of Love. Season of Just Love. One Sorry, season. I'm, I'm yeah. all rented out yeah, right good. now. Yeah. Um, and he's also, uh, he was in Dr. Horrible's unofficial sing-along sequel, yeah. which he went to Comic-Con with and yeah. was on a panel for, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Thank you for coming on, Matthew. Thanks. Bridges. Yeah, no, I'm wow. excited to be here. Yeah. And then to my right, we have Mr. Matt Hayes, who is a writer, director, and uh, also star of his most recent short film called Cognitive, Woo! which is mm -hmm. super important to what we're talking about today. Um, he's also a, a producer. He produced Del Shore's Six Characters in Search of a Play. The mm -hmm. uh, Is the film adaptation of a one-man show? Okay. Yes. But you have an extensive musical theater background. Uh, a little bit. You are graduated from Auburn University with a BFA in musical theater. Mm -hmm. You have an Ovation Award. You do activist work. Mm -hmm. um, you're pretty much like a little, a little <laughs> mini Jesus doing carpentry yeah. and making money mini and giving Jesus. it back to the poor. Carpentry, <laughs> wow. sir. Yeah, he's a carpenter. Everybody, there's like light radiating. I know. There's like there's like a giant light. He's backlit. Beautiful. He restores furniture. He does a lot of amazing things um, for <laughs> the community in Los Angeles. And what? not just my followers. Never, yeah, but like, not, yeah, not just yeah, other people, like, for other <laughs> prostitutes, uh, you, lepers. Oh, yes. yeah. We don't do it for the following. Yeah. yeah. We, we do, do it, it for the art. <laughs> yeah, for the art. Uh, that being said, so thank you guys for coming on. Um, we're talking yeah. about the religious aspect, but I feel like there's a lot to dive in here with just each of your personalities. Um, so, Mr. Bridges, <laughs> yeah. thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you. Um, so tell us about this uh, famous... Dr. Horrible's unofficial sing-along oh, sequel sure. that yeah, you get so attention no, for every Comic-Con season. Yeah, no, it's it's been great. Uh, so I don't know if you know anyone out there knows the original Dr. Horrible, but the Dr. Horrible was like during the writer's strike of 2008 uh, mm -hmm. when they were doing, people weren't making yeah. 
TV or film, just because everything. It's when I moved here. It's when you moved here. Bright and shiny. Everything shut down when you moved here. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I was with Neil Patrick Harris, Nathan Fillion, Felicia Day, and uh, Joss Whedon, uh, who actually wrote and created it. And it was like a super cult hit. And a buddy of mine, actually, you know him too, Patrick Donahue. I think both. Patrick, we love Patrick. I've got Patrick. I've got Patrick. (laughs) Um, But we, uh, yeah, he called me up and he's like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about doing this thing. You want to be involved? And I said, sure. And it took us to Comic-Con 2016, 2017, 2018. Did they ask you back this year? I'm pretty sure it's screening this year. I'm not sure yet, though, because they usually email. And you travel back and forth between here and the Bay to Yeah, so I'm originally from from San Francisco, uh, or the San Francisco Bay Area, Fremont to be exact. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, I've been commuting back and forth doing projects here and there. Do you also want to know about my religious background, or is that I another do, question? Well, that, we're getting into that, but I'm just seeing a little, little brief little <laughs> intro, well, and then you, you talked about traveling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and you talk about traveling for work, and uh, Matt Hayes, you've traveled. Uh, oh, he was segueing. I got it. It's, a, it's called a segue, guys. A segue. It's a segue. Oh, sorry. What a plan you have. I'm just, I just, my mind is just so cognacious. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> is that even an, a very it is it no is today. Etymology is my specialty out here. Oh, um, is it? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, tell us about, you know, the cognitive film and the traveling that you've done for performing yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cognitive has taken me uh, across the country. We've screened in uh, other countries like Brazil, India, uh, England, and Northern Ireland, but they, uh, but I've not been to those festivals. Mm, um, cannot mm. justify those plane tickets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, and then I also used to be a cruise ship singer, so that took me a lot of places and opened okay. my eyes to a lot of other um, religious experiences. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. yes, love that. And so tell us about what Cognitive is about. Uh, essentially, it's about a little boy growing up thinking he has AIDS because of the church's teaching on homosexuality. Uh, it is autobiographical because I thought that I had AIDS as like an 8 to 10-year-old, Yeah, um, as one does growing up in the church because, uh, you know, the hellfire brimstone sermons you hear from your pastor. What's really not funny at all, but ironic it's about hilarious. that. hilarious. What's <laughs> ironic about that is that I remember I literally saw probably five minutes of the movie Chicago. Uh-huh. And at that time, you like know, the of musical course, Chicago? No, the movie, the movie with Tom Hanks. Oh, I was confused. Oh, I thought the musical right? too. I hope I'm getting it. Film Kelly? Musical theater yeah. to like Chicago. Chicago. There's a like, Chicago with Tom Hanks. I was supposed to be like, wait, were you a kid when this happened? Oh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> wait, and oh you're gosh. not, wait, wait, Tom Hanks, no. Yeah, Tom Hanks yeah. with yeah. Denton yeah. and Denzel Washington, yes. 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 And I remember when, oh my Chicago, God, oh Jesus Christ. I could oh so God. relate to Velma Kelly, and <laughs> I was just, you know. I was really like, yeah, I was at Chicago too when it opened, girl. I'm sorry. And I remember like there was a part where I think, I don't know who it was that I asked, but you know, I, I asked, like, oh, why does he look sick? And somebody told me, oh, it's because because he's gay. Because Whoa, he has AIDS. And it was just crazy like, thing and, to say. And it was, yeah, and it was just something that was totally, like, a throwaway by somebody close to me. Like, not even anything that I would that I would hold against them. But right. in my mind, I always kind of had that idea, the second you're gay, you get AIDS. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that just, it just comes with it. Well, that's kind of the larger message, too. Like, that's the story of this film. But I think... You know that he he develops that that cognitive reality based on this sermon he hears from a pastor and starts putting two and two together in his own head. But I think the larger message is that adults, I mean, no matter what the the worldview is, dictate the worldview of of any youth, and that mm-hmm. um, serves as birth control for me. But it also, uh, mm-hmm. I think, it's a it's not just a challenge for church rhetoric, but it's a challenge to adults in general. Like, we've got to really be careful with our words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's and that's great that you're doing this film and you're getting noticed in a lot of countries where I'm sure it's very taboo. And mm-hmm. unless you're going to see a film about it, there's really no excuse to right. ask people questions about right. it. Right. 
really great that you're using your background from the South to really mm-hmm. project your art because that's where yeah. this comes from. You're from yeah. Alabama. Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Alabama. Except when we talk about homosexuals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so or abortion or <laughs> kale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or low fat. Um, so now we can get into the religious nitty gritty mm-hmm. aspect of it. Bridges, do you want to? Do you want to jump? <laughs> Sorry, off? I, ju- I feel I like jumped you were just the like, as well. Yeah. Uh, no, as well. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit about before the podcast started. Just our own, like Hayes and I literally just met, but we've already connected over. I feel the our Lord. religious background. <laughs> um, but no, I, I the was Lord raised, brought us together. Guys. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord. Uh, no, but I was raised really religiously. Uh, went to Christian uh, K through eight. Uh, went to a Catholic school after that. Uh, my mother was protestant and my dad was catholic but didn't really Mm kind of follow the church's teachings yeah eventually they got together and are very 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 protestant and you went to catholic school i did i went to catholic Catholic. high school and then i went to like uh, it was like this it was called well i don't want to shout it out on this to be honest just because it was a rough time um it was called marge's Marge, School of Marge's, yes. Marge's Catholic School. We, we've sure. been using Marge as a uh, oh, as a, whenever, as, a, as, a as an entity. I like just that. you know. Yeah, yeah Marge's was great. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was it, it was rough just because I think growing up not knowing who you are and then also having all these religious influences telling you who you should be and what you should be. Yeah, you know, in in the eyes of God is very limiting, especially when you start to have feelings that you're not you know, can't pinpoint. That you read are not right. Exactly, that you're reading aren't right. But yeah, I went to Catholic high school, uh, and after that, uh, got out into the real world and started to kind of formulate my own opinions about religion. I think it was around 15 or 16 is when I started to really question Mm -hmm. religion for myself personally. And like start to see like, is this really what God wants for us? Is this really what the Bible is meant to be? Is it meant to be like this kind of limiting, very, very focused something, or is it meant to be open to interpretation? I just remember in the church, me and my brother, I'm the oldest of four, me and my brother and my two little sisters would always be terrified of speaking out or just we, we always had to wear like Sunday best, sit there, and even like the people, I'm getting flashbacks right now, but the people uh-huh. around us would like like smack our hand if we weren't, you know, doing something right, or they would tell us to sit down or stand up if we're singing a specific hymn. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It was very, it was very uh, dramatic to look back. What on. denomination was it? It was just, it was just Protestant. Like they, they right. just na- label, labeled themselves Protestant. Uh, it was like new, new blank blank. There was like I don't, I don't remember. Church of the ninety five Theses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. New March, yes. March, March. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it was because I, I remember asking because I was like, what are we? Because it, when you're Christian, when I found out later, in, you know, when I was 15, 16, mm-hmm. I'm like, are we Baptist? Are we Christian? Right. Are we Protestant? Are we Catholic? Are we th-? And I was told, you are Protestant and that is what you are. I'm like, okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I feel like so much of like Protestantism is is being assigned a train of thought. Like, because mm-hmm. if you right. find out somebody's denomination within Protestant faith, you instantly know they believe in predestination. They yeah. believe in infant baptism. Mm-hmm. They believe in you know, gays are okay. Like, there's just right. so many different... You instantly know what their I think mentality is. is. We'll lean on the cult side of... Uh, mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> it's cult type of Protestant. Cult. It just, I mean, it seems that way now. It might have been lovely, but I just, from a child's yeah. perspective, it was not. Because the first question, really, that I was going to ask you guys is, what is your history and current relationship with religion, mm-hmm. and how did it affect the way you read the book? So I grew up Southern Baptist, uh, which is a very strict strain of, of the Christian faith. Uh, and... I grew up wanting to be a pastor because uh, mm-hmm. I loved speaking in front of people. I loved performing. But it's funny because when I went from <laughs> being in a pre-seminary tract in college to musical theater, um, obviously it was a bit of a, a stretch. Uh, <laughs> but I never 
to me, it was always the same is it kind though? of. Is it a stretch? Because I feel like well, like that's what I I, I, I was like, about to say is that I think Pastor it's Pastor Joe's show, right? Yeah. No, okay. I think there's when you're at that pulpit, like there's a performance with the intent of of progressing your worldview or or you know challenging someone's thought, which is what we do as artists, as mm -hmm. actors, as writers, directors, whatever. Um, so I've never felt like my path differed. It was just a different medium at which it took. Does it make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I was I really wanted to be a pastor growing up, uh, and I still love being able to like you know, speak to people. Well, it's like, uh, he actually emailed me about coming on the podcast. I didn't really want him. <laughs> oh, okay. like, no. But in a way, you're, you're still doing... I offered him salvation in exchange, though. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So like, in a way, you're still, like, you're still preaching, in a sense, because right. you're just not doing it with the church as your boss. Right. You're doing it as your own Correct. boss. You're, you're just preaching the word of Rogers and Hammerstein. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which is honestly what... I actually prefer the word of Rogers and Hart, but that's oh, another... Oh, wow. We can have a podcast episode. another podcast. I don't know these people. <laughs> and the tables have shifted. We are now in a musical theater podcast. And I am now the guest on my own podcast. <laughs> Wonderful. It's funny that you are mentioning about how like there's a certain style when you're a Protestant preacher or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I've always been, personally, I get turned off when, um, if I go to a Protestant church and the preacher is younger than I am, mm -hmm. I get very just like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Like my That's my kind of a turn on, theater, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> is that just me? Well, I'm, see, I'm like thinking from the Catholic lens. Well, what, like, I was going to say, what's, be, your, what's your religion? I'm Catholic. Yeah, I, I'm, right. I was raised Catholic. In the last episode, I talked about how I'm very much culturally Catholic because it just connects me to like my Latino heritage and my family. Sure. sure. But I'm come from the school where it's like, no, your leader in the church has to be older than you right. with like decades of wisdom. Years old. Yeah. Like yeah. it has like every mass can potentially be their last and that is the church that you go to. Like, <laughs> it's wow. also like weirdly sometimes how I feel about politicians. Like I'm kind of just mm. like I but I also still am in a mindset where I'm just like I'm 19, uh but I <laughs> sure. forget like how old I actually am like, and whenever I see 18, like whenever I see like a politician who's like in their 20s, I'm always just like no, what? Yeah. No, what? That doesn't make any sense. How could a person like younger than me like be running the country? But I'm just like, oh wait, no, I'm like a full functioning adult myself. So like, but now we're like, oh be. yeah, I think somebody younger than me. That's simply happening. Um, so yeah, so leading into the second part of the question, so how does your religious background affect how you read? the story and how you interpreted what the afterliving is mm -hmm. versus what Christianity is. Right. So I, I thought it mirrored this, the, the gospel like quite well. I mean, okay. in terms of like putting a, a, in this mystical spin on it. Um, mm -hmm. cause it actually, I mean, I get really immersed when I read. So I was actually reading being like, but like, what if Jesus was like the first vampire? <laughs> right, like, right. Does right. that mean that did my, have my parents have been waiting on me to like return home and like, you know, bite my neck? So I thought it really did mirror the gospel like beautifully. And I think because you kind of know the gospel, if you, if you know the gospel story reading this, it almost makes it even more enjoyable because yeah. mm -hmm. it was like, like putting on a show about a story you already knew. I don't mm -hmm. know if that makes sense, but like historical fiction. Yeah. 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 Like yeah exactly. Yeah. A lot of research went into that where I even got to the point where like I looked up like the gospel of Judas mm -hmm. and the gospel yeah. of Mary Magdalene and the yeah. gospel of, I, it was Paul or Peter, like one of them, where it was just like, you just hear about all these fantastical things that went on in their telling of it. And of yeah. course that was left out, you know, the council of Nicaea, you want to get into mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. We can. But, I love that. <laughs> the council of who, girl, what? I yeah. don't know any, what, any of that. <laughs> and nonsense. the tables have turned yet again. Hey. <laughs> um, so that, but that also offers a lot of insight because again, the things that you read in that can be very far from the truth, but it's nice to know that there is still yet another perspective mm -hmm. on Jesus that you can pull from. Yep. Like I read A Case for the Real Jesus, mm -hmm. and that definitely, you know, and Lee Strobel, he used to be an atheist and, you know, was a born again Christian. Um, and he painted a picture of Jesus that was very different from what we read in the Bible, or right. maybe not even different, but just 
parts that were left out yep. that would maybe help to show how much of an advocate he was. Correct. And he was not correct passive. Well, right. it also goes through like r different translations because I mean the original Hebrew text, like you know, people are looking at it now and having the King James version and all the different mm -hmm. ones, and I feel like it's be become like what you're saying, a kind of a filtered, watered down version of what the original intent of the mm -hmm. Bible was. Sorry, right. I jumped yeah. straight to the Bible. No, do it. But uh, The Vulgata, you well, that's mean? The Vulgata. <laughs> no, because it was interesting because in reading the Vulgata, I, it made me like the scriptures and one of like mm. first Corinthians and stuff like that. I was like, was this in the Bible? It, like, you know, in, in, know. My, in my version. Twas. So it's, I Twas. know. So right. that's why I was just like, oh my gosh. So I love, I love also the, the synergy that you did between the stories like you're told growing up and then also having the twist on it. And then it also puts a different spin on it in the grander scheme of the world of the after living of like thinking. So the miracles, were they really miracles or were they like actually things that these, you know, people in the after the disciples yeah. were doing or were they just like interpreted that? by miracles as the people who wrote it exactly. right. And, right. or, and other people interpret it differently, but they, that's not known because they didn't get a chance to write it. Right. And then I mean, yeah. it's even happening nowadays. How you think kind of is determined by like who you follow on Twitter. Right. Sure. Right. Which is why, like I made it in a point for, you know, Wolfgang to tell you know, Maddie. Yes. It's like, mm -hmm. just because you're, just because you read it in a book doesn't make it true. And then right. just because right. your side lives long enough to tell the story doesn't make them right. 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 Bridges like, your your beliefs now versus what you grew up with how did that affect reading the book or like you said you looked up some stuff to check and see well it was can i ask you a question can yeah, i please. rebuttal yeah okay. I, I remember and i hope i'm not putting you on blast but i remember no. there was a moment uh while you were out here in la and you were having a struggle with your own spirituality Do you oh remember yeah this? like religion course. i mean it happens cyclically was it <laughs> was it me? during writing this or because there are moments in here i love that emmanuel and manny manny is yeah. kind of manuel you manuel mean? oh god manny um <laughs> manny uh, manny uh, emmanuel oh yeah you listened to the audiobook i listened to the audiobook and read the book and you wow. read the, a wow. version that wasn't Over even printed achiever. and i read it yeah, where's the sexy italian yeah, it's just, jude <laughs> exactly where's jude there was a character that did not make the cut of the book with hazel eyes i remember this um, yes Yes. But anyway, uh, what was behind those hazel eyes? Was, oh, no, no, distracted. <laughs> that bridge is the Kelly Clarkson stance. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that. he's Kelly Clarkson. Where were we going with this? I'm sorry. Uh, about my, my, my own struggles with yes. faith. Yes, uh, well, I was just curious because it, I really love that you kind of put anyone that's going through like the moment where they're like, is this religion right for me? Or is this what, mm -hmm. I, what I'm grown up with? Is this what's what I've known? It's kind of a reverse spin on this where he hasn't known any of it and he's having to try and assimilate it all at once and then go through his own past memories. Which is why I was asking for you if you mm -hmm. had a struggle, because I feel like some of your internal struggle with religion might have made its way into the book in a very good way. I dated a lot of atheists when I first moved to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so I was very much, you know, connected to my faith because I was connected strongly to my family. So naturally, it was always from the outside looking in on their perspective on what it is, you know, to believe or not believe. And I really struggled to find empathy with them and think, well, what would happen if I was in this position and somebody kept telling me, oh, such and such is right, but that's not what I was raised to believe. And one thing that I've, I found about a lot of the, the guys who, you know, don't have a strong foundation in faith, they have a very strong foundation um, in, you know, science and, and reasoning, not that they're mutually exclusive, but very intelligent people. And mm -hmm. so I would tell them, like, look, you can provide all of the, the scientific proof that a God or, or faith or something like that doesn't exist. But I'll still believe it because that's what I'm trained and that's what gets me through the day. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, that's by definition what faith is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. right. Right. Iron faith. Believing in it even if you, there's no proof. You know, right. You and, faith, that's and that's the whole reason why like, I wanted to write the book from the perspective of an atheist going into it. Because I, in a way, it was like a love letter to them and being like, look, I get what you mean and I respect everything 
that you believe in, in my world, this is how it would happen for this person to believe. Right. And so, you know, one of the questions that I had for you guys is, did you think that the afterliving was more of a vampire fiction story with sprinkled with Christian history? Or did you think it was more of a conversion story that was shrouded in vampire mythology? Mm-hmm. That, the latter. I, I agree. Conversion story? Okay. Yeah. Which is honestly what the initial intent was. But it's mm-hmm. like, I, I think about the stuff that exists out there, and it's like, I didn't want to write something that was typical of a conversion story. Because you've seen a lot of things yeah. that take people from not believing to believing. So I wanted to have a little bit of a, a, a fun twist on it and well, yeah. incorporate my own. But like, what's good about it is that like the reader can still also make up their own mind as to what they would go mm-hmm. like gravitate mm-hmm. towards and everything, mm-hmm. right? Because as someone who wasn't raised, you know, really religious, but you know, still went through the whole CCD thing. Wait, for the Protestants, what is CCD? CCD is Catholicism. What does it like, stand when for? You're in kindergarten catechism. Ooh, I forget. Isn't sure. it when you get your Catholic name, like you're then that's named what confirmation after a... is. Cool. It can be a right. baptism too, but some people do. I, I didn't get one. Oh yeah, I, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. Yeah, were you? Yeah, Catholics. Yeah. You're Hayes, have you been baby. baptized? Yeah, twice. Oh, twice. Oh, just damn, to make just girl, to make sure. You're a professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I've never been baptized. <laughs> See, it was after all his musical theater touring. He's like, yes, I know. We're gonna make it more exciting. Yeah, but the way it worked was, it's like CCD was like once a week, an hour long on Sundays with on friends. Sundays with it was taught yeah. by moms who knew nothing about the religion. My brother who, who just volunteering CCD, okay? their time. Damn. So so I um <laughs> I remember going from kindergarten to eighth grade and you're supposed to like learn about what it means to be Catholic and everything. You would learn some prayers and you would like follow along in a book that kind of just taught you how to be like a good citizen. And, and there was like usually that. coloring involved. Exactly. Yeah it was very basic. <laughs> it was basically just you were just hanging out for a little bit. And then yeah. when it came time to make confirmation, which everyone was just happy because it means no more CCD um, you that's when you like become an adult in the Catholic Church or whatever I remember the head of the CCD Miss Everest was like by now you all know what it means to be a Catholic and how that differentiates between other denominations of Christianity and we were all just like what? what? <laughs> like yeah. we didn't learn any of that well with like, us after our confirmation the next step was to be a Eucharistic minister which you would pass out the bread or hold the wine for people to drink oh, um, during the um, communion yeah communion but you yeah, know so like religion to me was not like a huge part of my life growing up so all the disciples and everything and all that like just is was just a weird culty turnoff mm, <laughs> like, yeah. just, wow. and that's, this and that's... is creepy and weird and I hope Manny doesn't choose them mm-hmm. and he does right <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my, and my you know a, 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 a follow a follow up question to that was how would you recommend this book to an atheist versus recommending it to a Christian for me, if you were to be pitching it to an atheist, I'd just be like, hey, you like Harry Potter and you like Twilight? Yeah, you'll love this you book. You like action, adventure, <laughs> and blood? I, I told them, I was like, I, it kind of, of reminds have, yeah. me of Frank Freddy right. books, yeah. where it's like, it's combining biblical aspects and then also like an archaeology or like a historical fiction or yeah. something like that. Well, but, and also like if you were pitching it to an atheist or someone who doesn't believe in God or whatever, the good thing with the book is it shows how the history of the disciples could be wrong. You know, 100%. It, it questions that history and it has other people to relate to more, you know, other groups like the, the conduits and the light kings and all right. that kind of stuff. So it really questions everything while still being like respectful towards everything. And it Yeah, that's one thing, thing that I looked for was the respect to the religion. Go Jesus! <laughs> well, some days we're fine. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thought that it really did honor what people know as the gospel story mm-hmm. and what we know of the Bible. I kept thinking or looking for a place where it would kind of like... um mock the Bible, mm-hmm. or maybe comment on evangelicals or Christians, and it never did that. So I'm f- shocked that you that you see a, that you need to have a difference in how you pitch, because to me, it's just a good freaking story. Because sometimes I'll get a comment like, have people protested the idea of your book? I was like, no, and I'm, I yeah. welcome it, because if it draws attention to it, right. like, they need to know that 
it's a story written from a loving perspective. I would not spend so many years writing and researching if I didn't love the subject. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like it's and a very human perspective. It questions the history, but not judging the people for believing however they do or following a certain path. But I read it too, like because I, I know the gospel story. I, I you know I, I believe that as my complete truth for mm-hmm. so long, um, and even you know bits now kind of still guide my spiritual journey. But I feel like for people maybe that do believe that as their complete truth, it actually almost reaffirmed some of that truth for me to mm-hmm. imagine, like imagine a non-believer reading the gospel for the first time. It sounds just as effed up as this does. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so, yeah. so I was able yeah. to read it. And even though in, I might be thinking like, oh, I love this fiction story. But I was like, but what if it's not? You know what I mean? And <laughs> yes, so I, I was actually brain. thinking like, if what I believe really is true as a human, I have doubts daily. How cool is it like to imagine such pivotal players in history getting to experience something that transcends anything in history because one of the first bits of foreshadowing that we get in like an after living christian i guess parallel is in chapter three where manny stumbles upon micah's bible collection mm-hmm. and he reads the verse and because i love you i will give blood in exchange for you and people in exchange for your everlasting life mm-hmm. that of course is how the vulgata interprets the passage but it is actually from the bible in reality yeah, no right it's uh, isaiah 43 4 from the new international version and the new international version says, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. You know, not to say that like, oh, it was easy, but it's like not that big of a stretch to just change a few words and automatically there's a whole new meaning. Correct. Well, even can... in the original scriptures, like John three sixteen, you know, everlasting life is mentioned in that too. Like mm-hmm. all throughout the Bible, there's like little sprinkles of, you know, especially in Revelation when you're talking about the beast and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. And that. when you read about other religions, there are so many commonalities. There's so oh many God. links yes. to like jump from this religion to this religion which I, I found awesome. And I'm still like reading into more religions to build up the new book. I mean, I haven't touched the idea of Islam, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's the second largest body yeah. close to Catholicism or Christianity. There's so much there to build on that I, I'm tempted to just keep going deeper and seeing how I can kind of incorporate that into the afterlife right. world. Well, and, and they all book. come from the same group of people too. Islam comes from a being that we know in our Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a very few people at the spawn of all the three major religions. That's why I loved your, um, say the word again, Ly- uh, Lycians, is that how you? Lycane. Ly- okay, thank Lycanes, you. Yeah. I tr- struggled for all 430 pages of how <laughs> it's to because, say it's that. Everyone's so used to saying Lycan, and of course, I'm like a huge underworld fan, so it's like Lycan. Oh, like I, that I was thinking like Lychee Martini. Okay, oh. Lychee. That one. Lychee. That's your southern roots coming out, Matt, Matt Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Lycanes because they came from the Canaanite. Yes. I ran into a, a, a woman the other day, and she She's was... a Canaanite? <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Wow. She come through 13 she was, tribes. <laughs> she was reading a book called The Everlasting Man, which I want to read next. She mentioned the Canaanites, and I was like, well, actually, I have a version of them in my book. And like, <laughs> I actually like sold her a book right there, which is anyone that I talk to like one-on-one, they will go and buy the book. Yeah. Which I should probably get better at marketing. But, you know. You just need to go to people one-on-one. I, yeah, yeah, I just need to travel door the world. To right? I need door to be an evangelist. But that's also how the Mormons do it. Exactly. And how the Jehovah's Jehovah's, Jehovah's, yeah. I should just carry like a Vulgata. Have you heard of the yeah. gospel of oh after God, living? soon get, like, I remember when the Jehovah's Witnesses used to come and we would have to like turn the TV on and hide behind <laughs> <Right>. the couch. <laughs> They're all up and down Hollywood Boulevard next to the Scientology building and everything. I always get weirded out when it's like, why aren't you aggressively pursuing me? What's going on? I know. Here? Why I are you waiting? Do I not look like I could be convinced? I think they realize that maybe that's not the way to go about it. It's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, also nowadays, if anyone walks up to anyone's door, mm, it's true. considered weird. Anyone or if like when I call you and you don't want to answer the phone. Oh, straight to voicemail. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to you on the phone. Get out of here. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, send it in a text. But it's like so much fun. Jehovah's Witnesses, just oh. like, can't you just like send me a spam email? Like, right. why do you got to go to my door? <laughs> 
I'm sure, you know, because you guys have such a strong background in religion, before reading this, were you aware of the links between paganism and Christianity? 100%. Mm-hmm. And how does that change how you view Christianity or your own beliefs? Or is it kind of just one of those things that you're like, well, I guess that's there. Uh, I, I loved your explanation of, of trying to segue into the, the mainstream uh, to, in creating what the living know as Christianity in the book mm-hmm. um, by using pagan rituals. I thought that was really clever. Um, and, but I, but I, I've always known of, I mean, like the Christmas tree and, um, even the cross, I mean, just all yeah. the symbology. Well, like, Jesus that, born in December. Right. It's like, well, no, yeah. no. it was actually in April. Yeah. I actually did do a lot of back research to see around what time of the year, because it all goes back to like when the census was taken and right. the season yeah. and when like that specific star is not in the air, like in, uh-huh. you know, the air at that time oh, of year, right. there's all this stuff that you're like, Oh, I'll just keep celebrating because everybody else does, but that's a new piece of information. Which, of course, you know, the next book expands a lot on the conduits and their place and everything because I'm trying to go deeper into where they come from uh-huh. because I want to provide an even more unbiased opinion on what you should or shouldn't believe. Because, again, like at the end of the book, how many people have said, like, I wasn't quite sure what side he should pick until he actually did it. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like, if you were in his position, what oh, would your the question? What have been yeah. your, your choice? So I mean, I'd probably become a disciple why like, I don't know. you're wow. not even a self-thinker that's like, crazy oh god <laughs> if someone were to ask me like what i believe i would just be like girl i don't know i believe in god let me eat dinner like i'm just like <laughs> I, my mind about religion is kind of just like it's never gonna get figured out i'm never gonna figure right. it out so like i'm just gonna go through my day i hear you <laughs> and just like not worry about it uh, what was I going with that? I don't know. I have absolutely How you no, hate the book. No, no, yeah. but, um, but like, <laughs> what, no, what Fernan, Fernando said in the previous podcast that we just did about family and culture, it's just like, but if someone were to ask me, like, hey, what's your religion? I would be like, oh, I'm Catholic. Because just because it's right. my family. Sure. My yeah. family's Catholic, so it's what, even though they didn't themselves preach Catholicism that right. hard, it, it's still just like, oh, culturally, I feel Catholic. I feel tied to the Catholic Church. So, like, I understand why Manny chose in the end to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, well, my all my family's doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, when <well>, in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> so I've definitely come from a perspective where I used to be very like strict. And then as the years have gone on, like you were saying, Bridges, my own struggles, if they're reflected in the book, it's very cyclical. But I've come to the point where I've been so low in my faith to a point where it's just like, you know what? Maybe Catholicism is not right, but it's the language that I speak. And it's the language mm-hmm. that gets me back on track. So and that's how I've come to view the other religions and you know the the lycanes are definitely representative of the gnostics mm-hmm. um and it's just like they may not speak disciple but the language they speak gets their message across mm-hmm. which of course mm-hmm. nobody has any kind of ill intent in the book it's just kind of like this is what my cause is for right and this is why are you which smiling is, no I, I agree with that which yeah. is why it's such a struggle and the entire book is a struggle because like everyone believes what they're going to believe everyone yeah. has their own background you know yeah whatever and so it's just like this is what how it should be this is how it is well that supremacy is built into each religion too like right. they each think that they are the the truth exactly and i think that's i mean you look at the middle east and like sure they're fighting over oil and sure they're fighting over land but i think what they're really fighting over is whose god is the whose right. word of god is the yes. real word mm-hmm. um which is horrifying because it's like could be ending the world um based on like this idea of something that may or may not that even exist. exist. Yeah. If there was a Buddhism option, that's the one I'd probably take. Oh, as oh, soon as the yeah. werewolves got naked, I was like, I'm a liking. <laughs> Total <laughs> liking. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do well, it. Sorry, Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing about like people starting wars over religion and everything and taking it so seriously is that just like objectively like religions are ever changing. Right. Like Catholicism mm-hmm. and certain religions change slower than others, mm-hmm. but like Catholicism is evolving. 
Like, and it usually evolving to keep its members. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, so it's like even like what you said you believed thousands of years ago has evolved. The new pope, Frankie's like, yeah, gays are cool. Like, like, yeah. Oh yeah, purgatory. Mm, maybe yeah, not. Right. Like you know, someone mentioned like you know how Catholicism is changing. But have you heard of the term cafeteria Catholics? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's just what it is now with religion in general, where right. it's yeah. just kind of like picking and choosing what they want right. to believe, and then yeah. kind of formulating. Which I don't think is a negative. Uh, actually, a negative thing for for someone's. Uh, self like if one right. person wants to be like mm -hmm. i think i am this but i'm going to kind of pick and choose and create my own thing and then that right will continue to get me through when you're going into you know the afterliving all you're really finding out is the ones like the vampires are just the ones who don't belong to their religion mina for instance his mother is now called a vampire mm -hmm. but it's not really that she's you know a blood-sucking thirsty vampire right. it's like now she just doesn't believe what we believe thank you excommunication we're it's gonna see her in book two right um, yeah. i mean yeah. we might see a lot of her in book she's gonna two. have her own musical number right yeah, yeah. Yes. she's gonna have a spin-off <laughs> love yeah. that mina's revenge, Mina. I'm, <laughs> mina's revenge. I'm just like take them that. all down mina let's go so all the characters they have like their name reflects their discipleship so mm -hmm. right lucy that is actually a just a um uh, like a, a patron name and lucy is the patron of the blind yeah and so that's oh, why like okay. the whole yeah. thing of you know i once was blind but now i see well then um, his, what would your patron saint have been just if, if i had to choose yeah right oh now, my gosh i don't know like, the saints well enough to know who i mean i don't well, know, I don't know saints, saints are not like, a big deal in, I guess in I'm our thinking of the disciple. i love the name thomas yeah i'm like thomas. and i yeah i doubt and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm skeptical af so like mm -hmm. it only makes sense <laughs> i'd probably be peter because you have to ask me three times uh, before you can get my attention. That makes sense. But I also, you know, Matthew's was name... Was crucified upside down? Peter? Or one it, of them was. One no, one which one lost was. an ear? Oh. No. Yes, yes. Oh, that apostle, no. yeah. No, Peter, that was a soldier. Peter's the one that, yeah, Peter's the one that cut off the, the soldier. ear. Yeah. After the... the yes. The, why are you doubting? I didn't me? know there were spinoffs of all these people. Oh no, not, each oh each disciple has a little. There's a own, whole story. No, because when thing. he was in when he was in the garden, um, and they were going to go, I guess, take him into custody. When Judas pointed him out, they were going to take him into custody. Mm -hmm. Um, one of those disciples drew his sword Peter. and cut the and he ear was of too. one of the of one of the soldiers, and oh, Jesus healed okay. it. And they were just like, oh, that's thanks nice. for that. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Thank you. And then they're like, oh wow, okay, yeah. Exactly. yeah question, just like a random religious question. Matt Bridges and Matt Hayes are not Catholic, uh, but me and Fernando are Catholic. But we guys, would win in a fight. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Fernando, did your church like preach the Bible, like specific passages from the Bible? Oh, yeah. And it's funny that every Sunday, every Catholic church reads the same excerpt from the Bible. I, I can talk to my mom who had, you know, mass over in Texas, and we had oh the same readings. Oh, oh, it's yeah. the same every single I have mass. no idea. Yeah. They have a book. Uh, you yeah. you get yeah. the missalette, and it's just like the entire yeah. year's worth of readings. So yeah. like, if you miss it, but, just read this. But there's no, but there's Protestant faiths that do that, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did your church preach that the Bible is like the absolute word? I feel like Catholics like they don't hold as much stock in the actual. Which is word interesting because I like see you guys as more strict. I agree. That's it's interesting really? because I see you guys as more strict. I mean, I, I don't know about. I that. think we're more structured, but I think, yeah, we're I think not we're as more, strict. I think we're more stuck in our tra in traditions. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the Protestants are more strict on the absolute like word of the Bible specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, like we have a schedule, but not quite like an itinerary. Oh, yeah. See, but yeah, you guys right. got like all the saints and like you pray to Mary and oh, you pray no. to Mary Magdalene. Like yeah. I, I never did that. But in we're our very church, much like we, they, we were always taught that like you he's can shaking his interpret head, no. the Bible however you want. Pretty much. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you come to the come to that the would have helped side? a lot. <laughs> so I um I, I want to kind of uh, button up with this subject. Um, how did you feel looking at what essentially was leading up to the passion from Judas's point of view? Because you got taken into Judas's memories 
you know, Manny well, was I think Judas also always got the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. So I liked his advocation in here, mm -hmm. and I actually was thinking for a minute that Manny was going to go to the other to, to his side, the light canes. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and not just because the, they were naked, but because no, because <laughs> no. he's not gay. Yeah, right. He's not. No. Um, yet. Right. Yeah. Oh, yet. maybe in the TV series adaptation. He right. Might, he might dabble. We have to keep know. up with Hollywood's expectations we of have diversity. To. Yeah. There has to um, be. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his advocation because I always and you said you read the Gospel according to or the Gospel of Judas. I did. I had there that was, as well. Yeah, I think there was was that the one that there were some like homosexual undertones mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, I mean they're all the all throughout the Bible. Yeah, I mean David and Jonathan, King James. I mean the reason that so much gay verbiage is in the current Bible is because when King James King James commissioned people who were translating into the the English were not approving of his lifestyle, mm -hmm. so they were adding in these extra like anti-gay things into mm -hmm. Scripture. <laughs> To antagonize him because of his gay lifestyle. See, I did not know that. With Song That's of Solomon, strange. is that still included in the Bible? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Well, then Do you not know the story. Song of the Bible books? We're the singing it just, just in like 10 minutes. I, oh, great. No, <laughs> I don't I don't know that. No. No, I don't know. I, I'm just kidding. Genesis. Should we go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st yes, and 2nd, Samuel. Are more strict about the Bible. Exactly. <laughs> can I, are we going to have a chance for us to ask questions oh, before? Oh, you can ask questions. I was going to say, yeah. Okay, because I have a big one. Oh, okay. Because um, so, the, the Flex of Four, what, what's the medicine called? The magic that he takes? Dexulfur. Dexulfur, yes. Dexulfur. Maybe just because I'm on a Lexapro like, regimen for anti-anxiety. Uh -huh. So I was reading that, but I, in my own taking of that prescription, I feel like it, it actually desensitizes me to a lot of external stimuli. Mm -hmm. And so I was reading that as like, I mean, it, it kept him from being able to fully realize mm -hmm. like who he was and stuff. Was that a commentary on mental health medications or you look like you were not ready for that question? No, I love this question. But um, in, in reality, like I did not make any connection to that. What that the purpose of that was is that I needed him to you know, have been a daemon all his life. Right. But then there's this moment when he just switches and he's not able to, because, you know, as a kid, you can kind of just accept everything for right. reality, even the fantastical stuff that happens to Right. You. And so when he moved, there was kind of that idea of having to suppress how special he was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I mean, it was all the rage in the 90s, like in my schools, like everyone was ADHD. You know, right. Everyone was on Ritalin. Right. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah, I remember. So, so that was just something that was um, a To me, it spoke largely even about addiction. Like, mm -hmm. I think addiction is not just, and it, it, it speaks so much larger to like, you, you, you're so sensitive to like everything in the world, whether it be people's intents or people's, their essences even. So I, I, I just wondered if there's any correlation between that and like vices that we all have. No, that's very interesting. But that one was specifically for the scientific aspect of keeping him suppressed because there was going to have to be a point where he just loses it. Yeah. Like literally doesn't have it anymore. And then he starts getting this new pill that is the exact opposite of what he was mm -hmm. given before. It's interesting that it, that, you know, from your lens, that that's how you, how you read it. But that was, it was a heavy, a huge element for me. Was that, really? was okay. that pill? That's yeah. And that's, and that's actually like, you know, it's, it's silver salt, mm -hmm. which is, you know, ends up being like a, a weapon that is used right. against them, which is something that is, of course, expanded on um, and along with other weapons in the next series. Because I actually related to that as well, like reading when he was taking uh, medication. So it's yeah. just like, oh, this is interesting. Well, I mean, also, I myself, I was, uh, when I was in like seventh grade, you know, struggling with depression that was kind of brought on from knowing that I wasn't exactly, you know, fitting into the heterosexual world. Like, I, I, of course, got into my head about it and I got very depressed. And so I was on uh, Zoloft. Mm -hmm. For I think in it was like seventh a year grade, or two. Uh, 
No, yeah, seven, like seven, oh between seven gosh. and eight. That's wild. Yeah, I cannot was, believe that you were prescribed that at such a young age. But then again, the more I got involved with other things that would occupy my time that got me out of my head, it was like, oh, well, I don't really need this right. anymore. Right, exactly. Which, you know, is, is one thing that, you know, is brought up in the book is when Manny feels all the urges inside, like building up, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why he starts when he starts echoing because he doesn't know how to contain it. Right. That's when James is like, okay, well, you need to focus on giving that energy to another part of your body. Right. Because if not, it's just going to get like completely you know, right. too much for you to handle. Well, that's what, like, in, in therapy with, for anxiety, like, you know, we're constantly being given energy, and if unless we find healthy ways to dispel that energy, like, mm -hmm. it, so I thought that, I mean, I really just thought that was a neat comment on, like, people dealing with mental health. There was definitely um, a, a big aspect that, you know, I guess a, a part of having dealt with depression in the past, there was that, I guess, the idea of, like, oh, if you take something, it's, like, it's totally fine, because, like, I right. did it. So, you know, where I feel like a lot of people have, and I've spoken with some people who are from, you know, the UK, and they definitely are more taboo about um, mental health issues mm -hmm. and about taking something or seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. You know, like one of my best friends, um, I saw the therapist that he saw, and it was like, we would talk about it like casually, like with friends, like joking around, like, oh yeah, we see the same therapist. And there was a friend from the UK who was just like, oh, you guys, you guys talk about that? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, but yet they talk so freely about sex and we're like, oh, you can't, right. you can't say that like in public. So it's very weird how the perspectives are different, you know, between like sex and mental health in different, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. cultures. I'll talk about sex, sex, yeah. sex, sex. The last uh, podcast we had someone say suck and fuck. <laughs> oh. No, fuck and suck and referring to like her own mom. And it was iconic. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little, bit, a little bit too much. We've um, not cussed this entire podcast and I was wondering like, can we cuss on this well, podcast? Well, it was a religious just, episode. Yeah, you can't because Jesus didn't cuss. Uh, I beg to differ. I think that, no, I, I think. Recording. Sure Jesus, I'm sure Jesus has, has said. You think he was like up there like, on that cross and you think exactly. he really said, my, like, why did you forsake? No, yeah. he's like, fuck you, man. Right. Like, what are you I doing? He's just like, ow, fuck. Yeah. hurts. And, oh, the, so and the scribe was like, I'm going to put something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's um, not this isn't very. Nice. Press and yeah, just, like, yeah. Right. Really botch up, and people were probably like, that's not the real quote. Right. <laughs> so bring us to a close. Now, rapid fire question. Okay. So, Mr. Matt Bridges. Yeah. Fantasy Fellowship. Who will be your saved? Who would be your sire? Who would be your alma? Oh my gosh. In the book? It's your fantasy. It's the book. It's real life. This it's, can't be rapid. Go, go celebrity. To, go yeah, to that's an oh, answer. She already answered. Mr. Matt Hayes. Same same question? <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay, give me the, 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 yeah. the, the Who would be your sire? Who uh -huh. would be your saved? Who would be your alma? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, alma would be Dolly Parton. Um, <laughs> yes. I think my saved... And not because I don't think that they are, are saved, but I just think it, because I love this person and I, I want to protect them somehow mm -hmm. with my, my nephew. Okay. Um, and my sire. This is your daddy. Um, <laughs> um, oh my God. My sire would be, uh, I mean, it has to be someone that I just truly respect. That's the tough one, I think. I'm, I feel like I'm so self-sufficient that like I don't like to accept help mm -hmm. and to me that's accepting something that like yeah so it would have to be I mean I think it would be God like, whatever I could conjure mm. a God to be so you just want to be an apostle that's what you're saying yes okay great my name what makes you think you're so great that God's gonna be your son <laughs> my name is Matthew hey I love the Dolly Parton have you heard her new song by the way the fate her fate yes. song oh it's so good I sing backup for her two concerts. Are you serious? Yeah. You know Dolly? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, do we need a new podcast? I need to, I'm, I'm going to throw this over. That's so... Oh, she's the one person I need to meet before... Before you, um, you start showing your age? Yeah. <laughs> before oh you die. Uh, Alma. Uh, I'm going to say Gene Kelly. Sire. I'm going classic Hollywood. Catherine Hepburn. We'll just do this. Ooh, uh, uh, oh, my gosh. What a brassy broad. What was the other one? Saved. Saved. 
Matt Steele. Oh, oh, you oh, bitch. Yeah. Sorry, I chose wow. Beyonce as my son. Oh, that's okay. That's so. fine. Oh, that's, that's fine. Oh, well, I'm uh, sorry. That's fine. It'll be me and Beyonce. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh. Last rapid fire question. Disciple, Lycane, or Conduit? I don't know enough about the Conduits yet to make okay. a, a good decision. So I would have to limit it between the two. Mm-hmm. And it would for sure be Lycane. Okay. And I'll naked. say. Because they're naked werewolves. Yeah. yeah. Like and that. I'm totes into that. He's actually naked right now. No one yeah. can see yeah. it on the podcast. Yeah. But I, I was curious, but I'm like, oh, got it. Like, yeah. He became okay. a character. Yeah. Themes. <laughs> uh, I'll be a conduit. Just conduit. because I agree. I don't know much about them, and I'm going to make them Buddhist in my mind. Right Ooh. So, uh, okay. Right? That's Wouldn't the they thing. be? Because I, I feel like they're neutral. Time. Neutral. Well, Girl, I mean, you don't know where they come from. Well, is, oh, there a, is, is there a draft that we can get our hands yeah, exactly. on? I was like, wait, should I have read this? Because <laughs> I did. Are we going like, to have beta readers for the, the second book? Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll have beta readers. Okay, well, thank you guys for coming on. And, thank uh, you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, fun. and uh, how can people look you up, uh, Mr. Matt Hayes, your Instagram handle? Yeah, Hayes on it, H-A-Y-E-S on it. Mr. Matthew Bridges? Sure. <laughs> hashtag Maddie B, the word hashtag Maddie with a Y and the letter B. Wonderful. Okay. Good luck <laughs> finding me on Instagram, guys. Good luck. <laughs> thank you guys for coming in.